This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome to this hour of the program, 403-974-8255. Is our telephone number, 974-TALK. It is also our text number. We'll have some time for your calls and your texts uh, through the hour. Uh, we'll also check in at uh, some point with our reporter, Haley Germain, and we'll find out a bit about what she encountered. As she said herself last night on Twitter, the vast majority of people she spoke with at the rally were polite, happy to share their story. But there was some who certainly had a hostility toward the media. And a few who maybe took that too far, which is unfortunate, but no, it shouldn't cast dispersions on the entire rally or the thousand or so people who were there. Uh, but I do reiterate, I, I do think that if this is going to be about fights with the media or about political correctness, uh, I think conservatives are in the risk of, of kind of losing the, the debate here. People are concerned about the carbon tax. People are concerned about the potential for recovery here in the midst of all of these NDP policies. That's what's relevant, I think, to what's happening right now in Alberta. And maybe I, I would say that's where the focus needs to be. And I think yesterday it largely was. All right. Well, there were a number of speakers at that rally yesterday. And one of them was this guy, Derek Fildebrandt, Wild Rose MLA, Strathmore Brooks, also the party's finance critic. Derek, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, look, I mean, you, you focused primarily on uh, the NDP's economic agenda, the carbon tax, which was obviously the focal point of the rally. You, you did, though, I think, touch on some, some issues around the media, around political correctness. Why, why do you mm-hmm. think they, they're relevant here? Oh, I, I think it's, uh, well, we were there, obviously, about the carbon tax. But I think there's a frustration from a lot of people that uh, at least some elements of the media, and I, I Perhaps even I'm responsible for this a bit. You know, we should not say all media, but uh, elements of the media uh, chose not to focus uh, that many Albertans are, or a vast majority of Albertans, uh, oppose the carbon tax or have legitimate concerns about what it'll mean for uh, for economic recovery and the cost of living in Alberta. Uh, but elements of the media are more concerned with. Uh, you know, a, a, a few uh, bad apples in a crowd who nobody rem- uh, knows who they are or can recognize. And the, the real frustration that gives, we know that, uh, you know, when people on the left hold a rally, uh, you know, there's going to be bad apples in those crowds too, but they, they tend less to be a focus of the media when, when they're trying to get a message out. So I think a lot of the people there were, were, uh, were frustrated yesterday, at least with, uh, with elements of the media. Okay. Well, and I mean, look, I mean, I, I can understand that. But I, I think, again, if, you know, if you're, you're going to do those kinds of things at a rally, it's it's going to get covered and it's going to be a distraction. Why why play into that? Why why give the NDP these talking points on a platter that this is the kind of narrative they want to advance, that they're up against Trump style alt-right radicals? Why, why play into that? Well, according to the NDP, anybody who is uh, left of the uh, right of the liberals is alt right now. Uh, no, look, I, I think it's a fair point uh, that uh, you know the media, uh, in, in some uh, some cases at least, uh, has an agenda. People have largely lost a lot of faith in uh, the trustworthiness of the media, as they have lost trustworthiness in elected politicians. We, you know, there is a crisis of faith in our institutions right now. Uh, right across uh, the Western democratic world, and and, and a lot, not a lot being done to address that. Um, but you know, pe- people were there on the weekend because they're frustrated. They don't feel they're being listened to by this government. The NDP are opposing a carbon tax without any democratic mandate from the people of Alberta to do it. Uh, they refused to put it to a referendum, as suggested by the Wild Rose, to obtain a democratic mandate. 
And uh, and so we're there uh, bringing people together to voice that frustration and make it clear uh, that in 2019, Albertans will have a say on the carbon tax and we're determined to repeal it. Right. Well, and they, they certainly will. Right. And and I guess that that is how our democracy operates. Uh, look, I, I think we'd both agree that, that Ralph Klein, he, he stared down a lot of protest. He acted quickly. He did what he felt needed to be done. And I, I suppose some might might suggest the NDP is doing the same, all, well, all with Klein much different policies. campaign though. on it for a mandate to do what he did. You know, there was a lot of people who opposed him and a lot of people who protested him and had issues with what he did. And that's mm. fine. But the difference is he had a democratic mandate to do so. In fact, both Ralph Klein and Lawrence Decor in 1993 campaigned on cutting spending and balancing the budget. So uh, you know, it was hard to say he didn't have a mandate to do it. But I don't remember uh, carbon tax or carbon levy, if you will, appearing anywhere in the NDP's platform. All right. Well, as we head into 2017, this is going to take effect uh, January 1st. I, I would seem to me, and I've made the point that, look, if the liberals are prepared to wait until 2018, why the NDP couldn't hold off at least for another year? Why get in the way of what's going to be a, a soft and delicate recovery? So what, what's the concern as you see it going into next year? Well, we've completely given away our bargaining chips vis-a-vis Ottawa. Uh, you know, Alberta is unilaterally shutting down coal-fired power plants. And we're paying uh, $1.3 billion to get out of that, uh, whereas other uh, provinces that didn't jump the gun on it have been able to negotiate uh, infinitely better deals with the federal government for the early phase out of coal. Uh, instead, we've borne 100% of the cost. Those costs are going to be passed on to a combination of taxpayers uh, and ratepayers. And, uh, y- you know, in terms of our bargaining position, we've seen uh, Premier Brad Wall and uh, to a lesser extent, uh, the premiers of both Manitoba and British Columbia, uh, not instantly signing off on anything the federal government puts forward. Uh, and instead, Alberta has sort of become uh, the trained dog of the federal government and the Liberal Party. And we've lost uh, any strong negotiating position we otherwise would have. And we saw recently, uh, I think it was last week, actually, the Fraser Institute's uh, ranking of investment-friendly markets uh, for oil and gas. And, and so this is going out and talking to the people who are making those investment decisions. Al- Alberta has tumbled. I mean, all oil-producing jurisdictions have all dealt with uh, the, the, the price drop. But what do you think it is a- about Alberta that, that's affecting confidence right now? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, obviously, the depressed price of oil hurts Alberta. That's not the fault of the government. It just might, as much as the government tries to make that a, some kind of accusation. Uh, the price of oil is hurting all oil-producing jurisdictions, uh, but it is hurting some more than others. And I think it is because of the actions of government and, and the signals we're sending to investor confidence in particular. Uh, you know, the royalty review at the end of the day, I think uh, the results of it weren't, weren't bad, but putting industry through the uncertainty that it did was not helpful. Um, but beyond that, it's, you know, the government is unilaterally uh, ripping up power purchase agreements, uh, pushing forward the early shutdown of coal, imposing massive new taxes, and this creates huge investor uncertainty. And any, uh, anyone looking at the balance sheet of the government of Alberta right now knows that the tax increases are not over. We've already had massive increases to income taxes and business taxes. We've got a $5 billion carbon tax coming in uh, in place that will begin to be phased in January 1st. But if you look at the balance sheet of the government of Alberta, you'll see that we have a shortfall. We are borrowing $14 billion a year, $14 billion. Yeah. And that means that 
unless we <laughs> undertake some very serious corrective action to get spending under control, there's going to be even more tax increases coming in the, in the future, probably significant ones. And so if you're an investor looking at Alberta, and you're looking and comparing it to other jurisdictions, you're comparing it to Texas that doesn't even have income tax, or you're comparing it to the United States, which is uh, likely to see a huge cut in uh, corporate income taxes, and you look at Alberta, and you say you see already semi-high taxes, but taxes that are likely to go up even more, well, I'm not sure that's where I would put my money, and I think that's a lot to do with our falling rankings. Is it possible that this this approach is is buying us anything? Some might call it social license, but let, let's call it pipelines. Uh, if if this somehow convinces Justin Trudeau to to get pipelines built, uh, that could be good for Alberta. Might we have something to show for this? Well, I, I certainly hope so. I just don't think that's the case. I mean, uh, regardless of what party you're in, uh, we're still all on Team Alberta, and we want to see pipelines succeed regardless of which party's in power or which party tries to claim credit for them. But uh, I I don't think that this is anything to do with uh, reasonable science. Like, let's remember, Northern Gateway was approved by the federal government. The federal government intervened under the Liberals to undo Northern Gateway approval. Um, You know, the... Uh, Kinder Morgan Pipeline and uh, Line 3 were approved by the National Energy Board. This is just a matter of the cabinet at a political level not making a partisan decision to overturn them. Now, we're we're happy they made those decisions, Um, but I'm not sure that this is going to buy so-called social lessons because all of the radicals who have opposed pipelines over the last decade are still opposed. You know, Elizabeth May is promising that she's willing to go or happy to go to jail to, to stop this. Um, two of the people who sit on Premier Notley's oil sands advisory panel are adamant foes of any pipeline construction whatsoever. There's no way to buy these people off. So while uh, we're, I'm genuinely happy that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau made the decision that he did, um, his decision to deny Northern Gateway and the grounds that it goes through some aesthetically nice areas uh, really does give grounds to the radical protesters who do not accept due process and the rule of law around pipelines and believe that mob rule by chaining yourself to a tree or a tractor or whatever it is, is the way to stop it. So I'm not, I'm not convinced that this buys social license. I think that what we need to do is just focus on having good, responsible, uh, environmentally responsible economic development policies and stop trying to appease, uh, you know, the Hollywood actors and the radicals who are going to try and oppose us at every step. You mentioned some of the, the provinces and the deals they've managed to negotiate with the feds that, that so far it doesn't seem as though Alberta has. And when you look at the issue of, of coal, we had a caller before the news saying, look, you know, people should be talking more about what, what Hannah's going to be facing, what other communities are going to be facing. The NDP seems convinced that, you know, that these... Uh, whoever they are, these green energy companies are going to be pouring money into Alberta that they can't wait and they're going to open factories in, in Hannah and save all of these jobs. Uh, it seems like wishful thinking at this point. So what what's the concern when it comes to these communities? Well, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, they're, they're shutting down. They're going to absolutely kill communities like Hannah, very close to my constituency. And no government minister has had the guts to go to those communities and look the people there in the face. They haven't had the guts to go there and say, hey, we get what we're doing is going to hurt, but here's what our plan is to try and mitigate the effects at least. They haven't actually sent anyone there with the guts to look them in the eye. Um, At the end of the day, 
people working in these jobs are not going to turn around and start assembling solar panels and uh, and windmills in large numbers. Maybe some of them will, but it's not going to compensate. And remember, it's not just the direct jobs, it's the indirect jobs. If you're in Hannah right now, well, your, your housing value is pretty topsy-turvy. It is going to kill these communities. And, you know, the NDP, by tearing up contracts in this province without any uh, regard for the rule of law uh, are hurting investor confidence. So if anybody's actually going to be willing to sign a contract with the NDP, the NDP are going or taxpayers are going to have to pay a significant risk premium. I mean, it is the same as if you're a, if you're a high risk uh, borrower. If you've defaulted a lot and you can't keep contracts that you've signed, say with your phone bill or your credit card, if you're going to get another credit card in the future, you're going to get charged significantly more for the cost of that relative to your risk. And Alberta now is a high-risk jurisdiction to do business with. And if we're going to actually have any of those guys come into Alberta, it's going to cost us a heck of a lot more now than it otherwise would. Indeed. All right. Well, Derek, we'll leave it there. I know you got a question period coming up soon, but uh, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the ch- uh, time to chat. All right. There you go. Derek Phil DeBrown, Wildrose MLA, Strathmore Brooks. Uh, he is the party's finance critic, one of the speakers yesterday at this carbon tax rally or anti-carbon tax rally. We'll take a break here. We're going to come back. We'll have more time for your calls and your texts here, 403-974-8255, which made to Derek's comments uh, whether you are at the rally yesterday. So I want to hear from you, too. 403-974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.